Hello and welcome to our series, Revelation Expectations. We are your hosts, Apostle Charles Wright. And Dr. Stephanie Wright. We concluded our last chapter 20 with Satan's defeat and being thrown into the lake of fire forever. We also reviewed in chapter 20, God's judgment of the dead, followed by death and hell being thrown into the lake of fire also. The tribulation period ended. And now Apostle John describes how God's glory is displayed in the new heaven, the new earth and the new Jerusalem. This is episode 25, New Life and Eternity with Christ. Hello, and we are starting with Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The new heaven mentioned in Revelation 21 verse 1 and 21 verse 2 are the same. New means new, and that's all that new means unless it is God making it new. This is what he does. He creates a new heaven and a new earth. Verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. We learned in chapter 20, verse 14, that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire along with Satan, who joined the Antichrist and the false prophet. They were thrown into the lake of fire in Revelation 19.20, that is the Antichrist and the false prophet. So if death is thrown into the lake of fire, are sorrow, crying, and pain also thrown into the lake of fire? Yes, every hurtful thing from our past has been thrown into the lake of fire. So Jesus wipes away the tears because there is nothing to cry about in heaven. We are not going to cry about the loved ones who are not there either. Reading from verse five, we have, this is what John saw and heard. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, that is to John, write these words, for they are true and faithful. Verse six. And he also said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Verse seven. And he that overcometh all things shall inherit all things. That's a paraphrase. And I will be his God and he shall be my son or daughter. However, in verse eight, he, God spoke and said to John to write this, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In other words, 
These who are fearful in verse eight will be included with Satan and those fallen angels thrown into the lake of fire. Verse nine. And there came to me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, come here, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. We read about the seven angels that poured out God's judgment with the vials of wrath in the great tribulation. That was in chapters 15 and 16. Why John needs to identify this particular angel here is a mystery to me, but it does contrast the beauty of the new heaven and new earth against the sin and destruction that came during the tribulation and was forever removed. Verse 10, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. This is the bride, Jerusalem, but the bride is also the church, mentioned in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 27. And we are the bride as members of the church. So this presentation of bride as Jerusalem, the church and followers of Christ, all show the fulfillment of the covenant relationship with God that we have through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 11, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. We're still talking about that city. This is how John sees the new Jerusalem, the bride, a quick lesson in gemology, a category of jasper stone is translucent. Some light can pass through it, but it is banded or striped. Verse 12, and it had a wall great and high. This Jerusalem, this city had 12 gates and at the gates, 12 angels and names written on the city which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. This verse should be taken in conjunction with verse 14, which Apostle Charles will cover. The 12 apostles' names are written in the foundation of the city in New Jerusalem. Verse 14 and verse 12, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel are written on the gates of the New Jerusalem. It shows people throughout history, Jew and Gentile. It shows that they are a part of the eternal kingdom. If you notice when Stephanie was reading and making commentary verses 9 through 12, what you see here is how John saw the dressed up bride, Jerusalem. Uh, God himself is a creator. He never stops creating. And he has his own plans and his own idea of how to create. And we are looking at her being dressed up. We're looking at every bride who usually would have a custom made covering has to be measured, has to be tested and things. And she has to try on her clothes. So what we see here is the new Jerusalem being prepared for the new heaven as the new heaven and the new earth. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and read and point out a few things if I can. 
Here in verse 13, it says, and on the east three gates, on the east side of the city of Jerusalem, the new bride, the new Jerusalem, on the east were three gates, on the north, three gates, on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. This is the construction that God had planned, even for the tabernacle back in the days of the Old Testament. The three gates represented the names and had the names of the uh, the tribes of Israel. Notice, and the wall of the city in the 14th verse, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations and in them the names of the 12 apostles. Here you see more construction, more building, more modifications of how God is dressing up Jerusalem. He's dressing up his bride the new Jerusalem. And the 15th verse says, and he that talked with me, meaning the angel who talked with him, had a golden rod to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall also. Everything was being measured. When you, as a bride, if you're a bride, you want to be measured and prepared as a beauty, uh, of constructed beauty before you're one who's going to receive you into his home as his bride. And this is what God is doing. He is constructing, reconstructing, designing and redesigning the new, not the old, because when the old is gone, the new moves in. So this, we see this, this construction going on. Look in the 16th verse. It states, and the city lies four square and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the bride city with a reed, 12,000 furloughs, the length and breadth and the height of it are all equal. So you see the intense uh, demonstration of God's love for his bride, where he wants her to be perfectly made and measured. Now, you remember how we have studied and looked at ourselves and said, let every man examine himself. The bride examines herself with her covering and she wants to be perfectly presented. And this is what God is doing. He is preparing her to be perfectly presented as his bride city. All right. So Jesus is the one who does the measuring because we are all measured by the word of God. Amen. Verse 17. And he measured the wall thereof a hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. Why one hundred forty four cubits? It is not clear. Some people believe it is symbolic because 144 is a multiple of 12. 12 times 12 is 144. And 12 is a significant number in the Bible. It is also said to represent perfection, completeness, being whole. The phrase, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel, is a way for us to relate to the number 12. But it could also be symbolic. This is another mystery that we will not see clearly until we are in the new Jerusalem. Verses 18 through 20. And the building of the wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the city wall were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth a topaz, the tenth a chrysoprasus, the eleventh a jacinth, the twelfth an amethyst, Someone who likes jewelry can't help but think of being in a jewelry store. 
It is only speculation as to why the stones are laid in a particular order. Some commentators think the order represents the order of the tribes of Israel encamped around the tabernacle or the order of the stones on the high priest's breastplate described in Exodus chapter 28 verses 17 through 21. But just like being in a jewelry store, the stones help us visualize how beautiful and diverse heaven will be. Ah, that's wonderful because all brides want to be dressed beautifully and God wanted his bride to be dressed beautifully with these beautiful, precious stones. Invaluable. Uh, you can't put a price on it. All right. Reading from verse 21. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. 22. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. In Revelation 21, verse 22, John is describing the new Jerusalem, the holy city, the bride of Christ that comes down from heaven in his vision, his vision. He says, I saw no temple therein. That's John saying that for the Lord God Almighty and the Lord and the Lamb are the temple of it. So what we see here is the example of God dwelling in the city that's so pure, it is like not heaven on earth. It is heaven in heaven. It is the Garden of Eden in Eden in heaven. Once, remember, back in Genesis, God visited Adam and Eve and walked with them in and walked with them in the garden. But now we see the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, wherein God dwells and he stays and he remains there. And wherever God is. Heaven is there as well. So we see a great wonder that God is doing in this new Jerusalem. 23. And the city had no sun, had no need for it, had no need for the sun, neither any need for the moon to shine in it because the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamb is the light thereof. Verse 24. And the nations of them which are saved. That is, all the redeemed people from every nation, tribe, and language shall walk in the light of it, that being God's glory, from verse 23. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor. That is, they will bring the very best from their nations into it, the new Jerusalem. Verse 25. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. This means there is no need to fear. Nobody is coming in who should not be there. See verse 27 below. There is no fear of enemies or evil, because remember, Satan has been cast into the lake of fire for eternity. Verse 26. And they, the nations, shall bring the glory and honor of the nations, in other words, their glory and honor into the city. Verse 24 emphasizes the light of the city, Jerusalem, while verse 26 focuses on what the nations are bringing into the city. Verse 27, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defiles, nothing whatsoever that works abomination or makes a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life, that is who will be there. This is just a reminder of who will not 
be entering into heaven and into the new Jerusalem. We did a more detailed presentation on the book of life in our last episode, 24 from chapter 20. So we would encourage you to go back and listen to that chapter. But here's a question for you. Will you be one of those who will enter the new Jerusalem? If you are not sure, now would be a good time to ask Jesus into your heart as your Savior and Lord. It is time to be ready and stay ready for Jesus' return and to live throughout eternity with him. So, all of us need to be prepared at all times, but we know not the day nor the hour that the Son of Man returns. And we are, must, are, and must stay ready for his return so that we can be prepared as his bride, entering into his home where he lives with God, and we can live there with God also. So, be blessed. Well, this concludes episode 25, chapter 21 in the book of Revelation. So join us next time for chapter 22, the final chapter in the book of Revelation. And I don't know what we're going to call this last episode, but how about Revelation Expectations, last call? It might work. (laughs) We'll see. May God's peace, prosperity, power and love be with you until we meet next time. God bless you. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast, where all episodes are available by category and series format. You may also view these episodes on our YouTube channel, the symbol at CG Missions Inc. or INC. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.